now welcome to This Time in History with the podcast guy, Matt King. And welcome to the debut edition of the mini-sodes for This Time in History. I'm Matthew, and this is Steven. Hey, guys. And today we're just going to cover, like I said, it's a, it's a mini-sode, so it's going to be a quick something you can uh, listen to on your lunch break or what have you. Today we're going to be covering a, a, a historical building that's no longer standing uh, called the Rexdale Mall, Rexdale Plaza. It's in a part of Toronto where I, I actually grew up. So about the mall, I'll tell you a little bit about the backstory. Many people refer to the area of Etobicoke North of the Highway 401 as, quote, Rexdale. And actually the group of streets east of Islington Avenue from the f- Highway 401 north uh, the north four blocks was the original Rexdale, now of, now often called the Old Rexdale. However, looking back through the history of this area, it did not have a specific name or boundary or an early post office. So it's reasonable to define the boundaries of Rexdale today as the Humber River to the east, highways 401 and 409 on the south, Martin Grove to the west, and the west branch of the Humber River on the north. The first land grants in the area were made in 1799. Although the distance from York and the lack of roads meant that settlement was somewhat slower in the southern parts of the township. However, the soil here was excellent for agriculture and by 1881, 90% of the land was under cultivation. Agriculture predominated as a way of life until after World War II when the need for housing and jobs for a growing population resulted in a shift from farming to suburbia. In an area once covered in farms, the guardhouse home is the last remaining old farmhouse in the area today. Located at 105 Elmhurst Drive, the smaller section at the rear of the house was built by George and Hannah Garbett in 1864. Their daughter Alice married William Guardhouse of Etobicoke in 1903. Alice's father died three weeks after the wedding and Alice inherited the property. In 1915 Alice and William built the front addition to the house. The property was farmed by William and then his son Arnold until 1952 when it was sold to build the Kipling Heights subdivision. The farmhouse survived and is protected by a heritage designation bylaw. So that one stayed. Old Rexdale was developed by Rex Wesley Heslop, who was born on a farm just north of his subdivision after working in construction for a while. Heslop moved to Michigan, where he was a successful car salesman. However, he was soon lured, lured to North Ontario, by the dream of becoming a rich miner. He was injured in a rock slide in 1947 and returned to Etobicoke broke. Stephen, what's a rock slide? Rock slide would be a, just what they said, rock slide. I've like, never heard of that before. You know how you have um, mountains and stuff and and what have you? Rock slides happen. like Off the mountain? Wouldn't that be an avalanche? Or is that specific No, an avalanche snow? is snow. Oh. But around the same thing, like rock slide... So there must have been a lot great. of hill, like there must have been a lot of like, but I, I can't imagine this place all empty, South- like all Rexdale empty, like <laughs> and farms and stuff. But you should see my some... aunt lived in uh, Rexdale. Well, for anyone who's interested by uh, what we're talking about, you should go online and see the pictures. And it's, she's, it's oh yeah, like the land is clear. It's nothing like it looks like today. Because my aunt, yeah, I mean she's 
96, and she's lived in Rexdale all her life, her and her husband. I mean, he's dead, but yeah, she's still in the same house. Undeterred, Heslop established the Rex Heslop Homes Limited. He built 400 homes on cheap land in the Alderwood area that the township had acquired for non-payment of taxes, south of Evans Avenue, but west of Brown's Line. There are streets in that area today named Heslop Drive and Delma Drive, the latter after his wife. Once the cheap lots in Alderwood were gone, Heslop turned his attention in 1950 to the vacant farmland north of the planned Toronto Bypass, the Highway 401. Malton's aircraft industry was expanding and Heslop felt their workers would soon need housing. Tobacco Township's council told him they couldn't afford to pay for needed services like roads, water, sewers, and schools without more tax revenue. Heslop made a deal that with them he could continue building houses if he also established new industry in the area at a ratio of 35% industrial assessment to 65% residential. In 1951, Heslop bought a 100-acre Wilbert Wardlow farm on the east side of Islington Avenue, immediately north of the 401's route. He used the house as his office and built new homes on the rest of the lot. The house acted as an unofficial post office from when people started moving into their new homes until December 1952, when the first official Rexdale post office opened on the east side of Kipling Avenue, just north of Rexdale Boulevard. On April 24, 1952, 40 employees of the A.V. Rowe Aircraft Company from Malton met with Hesloff and worked out an agreement to buy 40 homes on Allenby Avenue for about nine to ten thousand dollars each, the first home sold in Rexdale. Can you imagine that? Like ten thousand dollars for a home. Wow. You can barely rent one for that in Toronto. <laughs> All of the houses were bungalows or one and a half stories. Yeah. Many were brick, but some were faced with Hesloff's own distinctive reinforced concrete slab sliding that he had used earlier in Alter in Alderwood. Invented by Hans Satchu of Humber Bay, Hesloff himself bought and lived in a house at 15 Burrard Road. Stephen, what's a reinforced concrete slab house style? I think that's just what it is. It's it's done with concrete and that, but I think it's got that, you know, the stuff they put on the outside of them. It looks like a stone or whatever. And would that include their own plumbing and shit? I would assume so. I mean, we're in Toronto. See, depending on how big the the city, like how much the city was developed, would depend on whether they had sewage water with the city. But if not, they would have to have their own septic and wells for their homes. Initially, children were bused to Humber Heights Public School on Lawrence Avenue West. Elmley Public School was the first school in Rexdale, opened in 1953 on Hadrian Drive, which, by the way, is still there to this day. I went to it when I was a kid. In 1951, General Electric bought a farm to build a factory on west side of Islington, opposite Heslub's subdivision. Soon after, General Electric decided not to build and sold the property to Simpson Sears. That's where Sears built... I don't know if you remember because you came back... And they were still up, but Sears was across from the Rexdale Plaza, and they had a big outlet store. And yes, there was like a warehouse and And it was stuff. like a Sears kind of tower uh, um, uh, on the land, and now that's all gone. 
because I believe Costco bought it and they're they're building a Costco there. But I always thought that the, at least the Sears Tower thing, I always thought that that would be there, but they took that down too. Yeah, like yeah, I remember that um that outlet because when I first got my Sears credit card, that's where I went to go shopping and I couldn't find anything I wanted and ended <laughs> up not using the card anyway. <laughs> By 1953, with Heslop's help, 18 industries had bought building sites in Rexdale near Kipling Avenue. The first was Canadian Standards Association, followed by Angelstone Limited, who built a plant on Tabor Road to manufacture their decorative exterior cladding used in many homes built in the 1950s and 60s. In 1956, Heslop built Rexdale Plaza on the east side of Islington Avenue, the fourth retail plaza in Toronto. It was the major shopping center for the area with a Dominion store and all the major retail chains. Originally open to the elements, it was enclosed in 1972. However, by 2003, many stores had closed and it was no longer meeting the needs of local residents as demographics had changed. The old mall was demolished and redeveloped as an outdoor mall with standalone stores and a Walmart supercenter. That's not how I remember it, being that I was living actually right behind the mall when they were tearing it down. How I remember it is they went around to all the stores and they told them, we're not renewing, no more lease, no. it's done. And then they literally waited for every retailer to move out of the mall and then they demolished Leveled it. it and i remember they actually had to stop construction for I, I don't know how long like a week or two or whatever it was they actually found i don't know if it was cars or tanks or something that was buried underneath rexdale mall from the world war i don't know if it was one or two and none of that's mentioned i also remember you know growing up near the mall like a lot of my childhood memories are of the mall. Well, and yeah, because you you probably hung out there as teenagers. I, I hung out there. Like, I had I, I had a, I had a girl there. I used to work in the mall. Yeah, like and like. So that's the things you. I was actually I actually had a physical altercation at. I'll tell you this one story real quick. I I had a physical altercation with with somebody at the mall when I was like I don't know seventeen. They actually quote banned me for a year and i'm like well how is this gonna work because i fucking work at this place (laughs) they're not firing me they can't so i was then then i was told well okay you're only allowed in this mall to work if you're working i was like okay so i'm still gonna come (laughs) i i didn't really put much much attention because the whole fucking altercation wasn't my fault i was simply defending myself but anyway Heslop also developed the area referred to as New Rexdale, west of Islington Avenue, north of Rexdale Boulevard, and the Sunnydale Acres subdivision further north between Kipling and Martin Grove. Eventually, Heslop developed over 2,000 homes and 70 businesses on 1,200 acres of land, and he was a millionaire. He was nicknamed Etobicoke's Horatio Alger and Etobicoke's Reeve Bev Lewis described the agreement they had made with Heslop as the salvation of Etobicoke. In 1956, Heslop moved on to develop the even larger Delrex 
subdivision in Georgetown. By then, other developers were building subdivisions across northern Etobicoke, including Kipling Heights, West Humber Estates, and the Elms, just to name a few. So what do you think about that, eh? I, I think that... You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll admit this. I fucking was so upset when they tore that mall down. But other things are... Things move on, and then that's what happens. They knock things down, they rebuild. Are you happy that there's a Walmart there now? Like... Well, hey, there's Walmarts, ev- but they're everywhere. Like, but I mean, that's what they used land for. That's what they used it for. Like, I also heard a rumor that at one point they were going to tear down Woodbine Center. Mm-hmm. Now, that would have pissed a lot of people off because of Fantasy Fair. But that's another story for another day. Yes. I hope you guys enjoyed this mini episode that we're going to be offering going forward. Please listen. Please rate, review, share. We're going to try to drop a mini episode every week or two weeks whenever Stephen and I get a free moment. Uh, we're always thinking about the podcast. If you guys have any questions or comments or ways that we can grow this podcast, we're willing to listen. You can follow us on Instagram, This Time in History on Instagram. Find me as the Podcast Guy 91 Like I said, we're willing to listen. Comments, questions, whatever you have. But I guess until next time, we'll wrap this up. Yeah. (laughs) This is This Time in History. I'm Matthew. This is Steven. Peace out.